0: Thanks for joining us today as you listen to a portion of a message recorded at Vine Life Church in Boulder, Colorado. If you'd like to connect with us further, you can visit us online at www.vinelife.com. How's
1: everyone doing this morning? How are you guys doing? Are Are you guys as stoked as I am for the last Sunday of 2015 in this room here? Wow. I am excited for this morning. Hey. We're going to change it up a little bit today as well. You guys, can you guys thank the worship team here? <clears throat> Go ahead and sit, your, sit, sit down, sit down, sit down. I don't, want to, I don't want to rain on your parade because I know we're just getting into it. But since it is the last Sunday of the year, we're going to, we're going to spend the whole back half of the service just shouting thankfulness and praise to our God for being good and faithful every. Every day this year. Is anybody with me on that this morning? Hey, I, and also I want to thank you guys. If, you, if this is your first time here this morning, so honored to have you with us. Can everybody thank those who are with us the first time?
0: <clears throat>
1: and just so you know, a little bit later, as we kind of get into the uh, into the music, you'll see you see these communion tables up front, on the sides, and in the back. And, uh, and you can feel free to come up with any of your friends and family and receive communion while we're singing. And, and, uh, and, and then we won't have uh, our ministry rooms available today because we like to give some of our teams time off as well, which is always a good thing. Are you guys thankful for all of our volunteer teams who just, just make this such an amazing time every year? So... Um, as it is the last Sunday of the year, we, we didn't want to miss an opportunity to share some, some stories and some good news. If you guys are down with that, are you guys okay with that? But first, I think, hold on a second. Everybody, everybody just take your hands and just kind of put them on the side of your head real quick, okay? Because I want you, we're just going to stop our heads from spinning for just a moment, Okay. <laughs> Because I'm already picking up on that holiday madness and sanity in the room, right? And I know that you guys are in the middle of it. And so um, we're going to stop our heads, turn to the person on your left and say, hey, you're looking really good today, this morning. (laughs) And then turn to the person on your right and say, sorry. (laughs) Maybe next week. Maybe next week. Hey, it's a, it's a new year next week, all right? So there's always hope for, for that next week. I'm excited, though. We're going um, to share a couple stories. Can I ask Sarah Hargadine to come up? You guys welcome Sarah this morning. And we need that microphone, Gwen. Gwen, do you have that microphone? Okay, here we go. Hey, it's my wife. Hey, hey babe. Let me make sure this is on. It's coming, I promise you. Maybe not. Maybe we'll grab the other one. Do we have another one? Yeah, you can talk into my cheek. That will be great.
0: <laughs> We're
1: nothing awkward about that. Yeah. Here we go. We're going to do this one, all right? We're going to give Shannon's. We're going to do this one right here. Good? We're I good. On? All right, everybody. Okay. Welcome, Sarah, Morning, one guys. more time. They don't want to Happy steal the moment.
0: Um, so I wanted to share a quick testimony. I had posted something on the city about a family that I had tra- tracked down um, through Craigslist randomly um, to minister that they were, they were in a tough time and they were needing support during the holidays. And what had happened was that in the Firestarters class last year, um, I had been looking for baby clothes for Everest and had come across a post of a mom who just um, had a six month old baby. She had a 13 year old, and her partner that she had had the baby with had just committed suicide. And so, um, fire starters kind of rallied and got together gifts for this mom and the kids. Um, Stacy got a bunch of prophetic words from the youth group and we had her come and we gave her the gifts and we prophesied over her year and we prophesied over the baby and just blessed that they were going to move into a different season. And so this year I thought, you know, I wonder if there's anything out there again. Like, I was worshiping one night, and I just thought, I'm going to check out again and see if there's any family that's maybe in the same spot. So sure enough, I come across this family, and people from the church had donated towards the cause. But the beautiful thing was that the woman from last year, Ashley, got in touch with me right after I posted that post and said, I'm in a completely different place, and I want to pay it forward. Do you know of a place where I can give? So Ashley, from last year, ended up getting almost $1,000 worth of gifts together for this family between socks. They got a PlayStation donated from a place in Longmont. And so here's the thing is that love never fails. Like where (laughs) she was stuck in this place and there was no hope, and she was just reaching out to Craigslist of all places, she was now in a position where love had ministered the truth into who she was, regardless of her circumstances, and then she was able to move into a place where she was empowered to do that for another family. And that she is now in a completely, she's back in school, she's got her own place. So I I just thought that was a cool story about how love moves people into a different experience and into a different reality and what a difference a year makes, right? Come on, that's awesome. Thank God. Hey,
1: Carol, Carol, I saw you walk in. You know what's fun about doing the message on the front end of the service is that like most fine lifers show up about 1030, you know? (laughs) The so people are streaming in. And they're like, what did we miss? And we're not going to tell them. We're not going to tell them. Here, come on, come on, Carol. Carol would be one of them. <laughs> Everybody welcome Carol.
2: Well, I I want to share something about Village Makeover for 2015, and a lot of things have happened. I mean, we've got a big, large global grant. We have water going on. So there's uh, huge things going on. But I think one of the things that happened this year that's closest to God's heart is the relationship unity that has been building in Rwanda. When we got there, they had the spirit of poverty. Their hands were held so—their fists were so closed— And between Pastor Walt and Pastor Willie and Village Makeover, we're watching that change in really big ways. You know, in um, in Matthew 25, uh, let me pull it up here, in Matthew 25, 40, he says, and the king answers, I will say to them, truly, I say to you, to the extent that you did it for me, to the extent that you did it for the least of my brothers and sisters, you did it for me. And I'm watching these guys walk this out and they're dirt poor. I mean, I'll give you an example. We did water this year. We did 80,000 liters, hardly enough for 37,000 people. We're continuing to work on that. The team's going in this summer to do a lot more water. But I asked them, what about the elderly? What about the infirm? What about the disabled? And I didn't give them any direction. I didn't tell them they had to do it. I didn't suggest in any way that that needed to happen. I just planted a seed in their mind, and I dropped it. And they sent me back a proposal, and they said that they had evaluated the entire community. They identified who was infirm, disabled, and elderly, and they set up a program where someone would be delivering that water to them on a regular basis. So, you know, it's what Sarah was just saying about that love. I mean, they did not think that God saw them. when we first got there. And they know now they have that hope in Christ. They know that he loves them. They know that he sees them. And um, so it's just an amazing testimony to see the very, very, very poor still feel like they had something to give. We often think it's us that's supposed to give, and we are. But everybody has something to give. No matter how poor you are, you have something more than the next person. So,
1: (laughs) Amen. So uh, you're going to hear more about Village Makeover uh, in the month of January. We're ramping up t- for some really cool stuff in 2016. So Village Makeovers are our, our work in Rwanda that we're doing right now, and it's awesome. So we can't wait to share more with you about that. Um, but here's what I love about those two stories that we just shared. What Sarah just shared about you know reaching out to uh, uh, a young lady on Craigslist and 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 how that turned into a, a totally different story. So she was a recipient of generosity. And something moved in her heart to be um, the, the provider of generosity, to be a generous person, to do the same thing for somebody else. And I love what Carol just shared about uh, what's happening in, in, in Rwanda right now and how, how people who were considered some of the poorest of the poor? Uh, something happened when they were regarded as people of of worth and value, and they were uh, recipients of generosity. Something in their own mindset changed, where they don't see themselves as poor anymore because they see themselves as having a gift to give to others and right in their community. And it's a beautiful it's a beautiful idea. This idea that everybody has something to give. Okay. Everybody has something to give, and I, I, I believe that as we're kind of wrapping up a calendar year here, and I know that you know God probably, he, I don't think he, he, he respects calendar years as much as we do, but we're in a calendar year, and it's a time of year where we start reflecting on this last year. We start looking to a new year, and as I was praying about this morning, I just really felt his heart uh, well up in the sense of um, uh, where most of the time, I don't know about you, most of the time for me, Um, I I can spend a lot of my mental energy and heart energy either doing two of my favorite hobbies, which is obsessing over the past or worrying about the future, right? (laughs) Um, And it's very few times, (laughs) by the chuckles around the room, I I think you know what I'm talking about. Uh, but there's there are very few times where there's, there's this thing of, like, I am going to right now, and where am I, where I am at right now, regardless of how the last year went or regardless of what I'm expecting for a new year, today, in this present moment, God, I'm going to choose to give my life. I'm going to choose to be thankful, and I'm going to choose a lifestyle of gratitude for this present moment. Are you guys with me on that here today? And so I want to read a few verses because I, I, what we're asking God to do is to release this into the community, into our hearts here today. Let's stand together. Let's read these few verses. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I'm going to read these pretty quick, so you might not get there, but you, you, can, you can read it with me on the screen. Do we have 1 Thessalonians 5, starting in verse 16, right there? Read with me. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you this morning. All right, Colossians chapter 3, verse 15, and here's what it's going to say. We're starting at verse 15, about halfway down. Here we go. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Next verse. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Okay, one more, one more passage. Philippians chapter 4. We're going to start in verse 4. Again, about halfway down. Right where it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Let's read this together. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey, all right, sit down, sit down. Rejoice in the Lord always. I love this. I love I love the fact that when Paul is writing these passages, he's not he's not in the Bahamas. Do you guys know that? He wasn't sipping on a on a, a margarita on a beach somewhere in the Central America, okay? He was most of these passages he's not writing from good places he's writing from a prison a very dark prison and even in this passage when he's writing to the philippians rejoice in the lord always the 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 tone of what he's saying here it's, it's, he's not offering a recommendation. The actual, the actual language, the linguistics of this word, it's this imperative tense. He's, he's offering a commandment to the people, and he's, he's speaking straight to them as a father in the faith, and he's speaking to their hearts, and he says, listen, you guys rejoice in the Lord always. And in case you didn't hear me the first time, again, I will say, Rejoice, And he's speaking to them and he's letting them know that we have a responsibility in God, in Christ Jesus, to rejoice. And even as we pray, even as we offer our requests to God, we don't do it from a place of, of, of begging and pleading. We do it from a place of thanksgiving so that the peace of Christ, which guards, uh, which, which surpasses all of our understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. And so we're given these, these um these commandments, to offer our prayers in thanksgiving, to rejoice in him. And this whole idea of gratitude, it's, it's an important thing because it's not just an action that we, that, that, that we do when we're moved. It's a lifestyle we're invited into. How many of you guys know that gratitude is not just a single decision? It's a way of seeing life. And if you've ever met um, somebody that is consistently... Bearing the fruit of Christ in their life, I, I guarantee you, one of the things that you'll be able to mark in their life is that is this, is this posture of gratitude. It's a posture of gratitude. And in fact, um, I would say that most of the fruit of the spirit that we read about in the New Testament, uh, the actual seed, the root system comes from this very one thing. In, in which case, you know, if, if you're lacking, uh, if, if you're wanting more peace in your life, What's a good way to the path of peace is gratitude. If you're, if you're desiring patience in your life, what is the key to patience? It's gratitude, right? If we were to start to go through all of the fruit and all of the virtues that we would read about in the scripture of what a life marked. Now, following Christ in the fullness of Christ looks like, I guarantee you, you can trace almost every step back to gratitude. And, and obviously, this is not something that's, uh, news to you. It's not even news to people who aren't Christians. If you go to the, to the bookstore, this is not a new idea. You go to the self-improvement section in the bookstore, everybody's talking about gratitude, that everybody's, you know, catching on. Hey, it turns out that gratitude is a better way to live. Has anybody, has anybody seen those books? You've read those books. Christian, non-Christian, it doesn't matter. Any faith system, probably. Everyone's saying the same thing. Gratitude is a better way to live. It makes our brains healthier. makes our bodies healthier. Gr- gr- uh, people who are thankful are, are typically happier and healthier and, are, uh, and have a better outlook on life than people who aren't. And, and so this is a big idea, for, I think, for all human beings, but spe- especially especially for those of us who are in Christ, Because God, this is a reminder that God designed us in a way uh, to receive, to be recipients of the overflow of heaven, and in turn, to overflow that back to him and to the people around us. Are you guys with me on that? This is how our design, this is in our makeup, which it makes a lot of sense that the enemy would like nothing more than to cut off our supply of thankfulness in our lives, and I want to shed some light on here for a second because I do believe as we're ending this year, we're beginning another one for whatever that means for you, that there is an invitation here. There's a call to, to look at the condition of our own hearts and our own lives, our own brains, and the way that we see and the way that we perceive our lives and take an inventory on whether we are um, seeing each day, through the lens of being recipients of a great gift of God and seeing what that does to us in the way that we talk about our lives and the way that we treat the other people in our lives. And so I want to take a look at a few things, though, that become enemies of gratitude, okay? And again, I, I believe that the enemy wants to cut this off because thanksgiving is the blood flow that keeps the fruit of the Spirit alive in our lives, Thanksgiving is the blood flow inside of our lives. It's the way that the Holy Spirit continues his work of transformation and continues to keep us perceptive of all the work that he's doing. And there's three things that I just want to look at real quick that I want to shed some light on. And we're going to get back into worship because that's what we need to do this morning, right? That's what we need. This is where all this is going. But I want to take a look at three things real quick. Three enemies of gratitude. And the first one is this this idea of scarcity, okay? And some of you guys know what this is like. Scarcity says there's not enough. And so if we want to look at some of the things, uh, a few ways that actually gratitude is cut off in our lives, thanksgiving, a spirit of thanksgiving is cut off in our life, one of the first things that we have to look at is this idea of scarcity. And the foundational, fundamental thought here is that there's not enough, okay? Scarcity or poverty is a mindset that robs us from thankfulness. Um, because it tells us that who we are and what we have is not sufficient, okay? And, and, and usually the way this actually comes across in our life is we have this thought, whether we say it like this or not, maybe we just think it like this, is that once I get to this level, um, then, then I, I, I think I'll have a reason to be thankful, okay? And so, you know, for a lot of us men, that means, uh, or, or women as well, uh, sometimes that has to do with income levels. As soon as I get to you know, this income level, I, I will feel something inside of me shift, and I think I can be thankful once I get that. Or maybe you're in some kind of circumstance or condition that you want, you're, you're, you're expecting that to change or you, you're asking God for that to change, and, and you know that once you get, once things line up, there'll be enough good things where we can flow over into gratitude. And so what happens is we end up looking at our lives through the lens of who I am or what I have is not sufficient for today. And when we think that who we, who we are and what we have is not sufficient, we will never be able, we will never be able to actually wake up in a place of overflow knowing that we have been the recipients of the abundance of heaven in our lives, right? Right? It's a scarcity mindset, and it has to go. And this is also the mindset that, that keeps us, you know, some of us are even thinking at this point in time, how can we look back over 2015 and be thankful for everything? Have you read the newspaper? Have you watched the news, right? Have you seen what ISIS is doing? Have you heard about the wars and the rumors of wars? Have you heard about the economy or, or you know, these presidential candidates and this and that? Everything is going wrong, right? But scarcity also plays into this because when we look at the headlines of the world and we walk away feeling like there's too many bad things going on and there's not enough good reasons to be thankful, let me tell you what, that is a poverty mindset and it has to go. The people of God are not informed by the newspapers. We're informed by the Word of God, okay? And we let the Word of God inform how we process what we hear about in the news. That doesn't mean that we're disconnected or or, or, or not compassionate towards what we hear about or what's going on around the world. But if you're waiting for a few more good reasons to let your heart be thankful for the riches of God and the glory and the goodness of God all over the earth, then I'm telling you, you're going to be waiting a long time. If you don't have enough reasons today, you might be in a scarcity or a poverty mindset because God is good, and He's good every day in the breath we breathe in, 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 in the steps that we take every day, we have the opportunity to wake up with the overwhelming realization that God, I have I had enough reasons on day one to give you thanks and praise for the rest of eternity, and I'm going to choose to do it today. Okay? Scarcity mindset will cut that off. The other thing, the other thing that cuts gratitude off is as you well know, this idea of comparison. And comparison um, is the, uh, the ugly, insidious attitude that robs us from thankfulness by measuring our worth against our neighbors. Okay? And some of you just need to look at this square in the face today because I know that the, the level of joy and peace that you're walking in right now, there is a lid on it because you have kept your eyes on your peers or the people who live next to you or the people that you're working with, and you've kept your eyes on, on what it is and measuring your success and your self-worth based on what they're accomplishing, and you're holding yourself to their standard, okay? So, uh, Donald Miller said it like this, comparison is giving someone else the power to edit the story that God is trying to write within you. God is trying to write a story within you, and comparison is giving them a pen, to edit the story in you that God is trying to write in you because we're more concerned with what's happening around our neighbors or what we're getting invited to or the promotions we're getting or not getting or or the income levels or or this or that, the opportunities here or there. And I'm telling you, it's got to stop because when we compare ourselves to each other, we always cut ourselves short of a reason to be thankful to God. And it doesn't really help that social media plays into this, if you guys know what I'm talking about. If you've ever spent a little bit on Facebook, a little bit of time on Facebook, Instagram, any of those types of things, we've all heard the phrase, the grass is greener on the other side. But I would say even today, it goes way beyond that. All right? that not as the grass greener, but like the other side is this beautiful flowing meadow. right? It's like the other side of the fence, it's like not even the same anymore, because as soon as you pull up your Facebook feed, um, today, I mean, you will find people who are spending the holiday in Mexico and you're going to wish you were there. You're going to find people who have their beautiful family photos. You probably have them all over your fridge. you like, I wish my family looked like their family. They seem to have it all together, right? Um, and we can go ching, 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 all the way down the list. And if there's ever a day that we're more connected to the highlight reel of people's lives, it would be today, right? It'd be in this day and age. Um, uh, but, but the big idea, though, is that when we enter into a place of thanksgiving, when we choose to let go of the perceptions that we have of where we feel like we should be by this point in life, then we're actually able to re-engage God in the story he's trying to write in us. And I guarantee you if we took a survey of this room, there's people all across this room. You're looking at your life compared to people around you thinking, man, I wish I was as far along as, as, as they are. I wish my marriage was like that. I wish my relationship with my kids was like that. I wish my career was at this level. But I'm telling you, God is inviting us to reverse the way we're thinking. I'm not saying that things aren't you know, maybe out of alignment in your life. And maybe they are. Maybe there is some legitimate stuff that needs to come into alignment. But God's promise to you today is that his grace is sufficient for you today. His grace is sufficient for you today. And I said this a couple weeks ago, I'll say it again. He's not just interested in you 2.0. He's just interested in you right now. And you need to know that because you need to release the, the, the chains of envy and comparison comparison and 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 jealousy that anchor us down and actually blind us to the overflowing generosity of God for every reason we can be thankful right here and right now. You guys you guys, okay. All right. Okay, one more thought. <clears throat> and I think the third thing that... that that the enemy tries to throw at us as well. And we have to, we have to look at the square in the eyes, this idea of entitlement. And it starts with this thought of, I deserve dot, dot, dot. Okay? And most of us probably don't say things like that, but we live like that. Um, and what entitlement does is it robs us from thankfulness by making every blessing normal and expected. Okay? Now, let me draw a d- differentiation. There's, you know, as, as sons and daughters of God, we can ex- we can, there's a certain level of favor that we, we can expect to walk in, okay? There's a certain level w- w- where it is normal in the kingdom to experience uh, the blessing of God on, 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 on many levels, okay? But what happens is when, when our sonship is al- also com- uh, accompanied by the lordship of Jesus Christ in our lives, then we can actually posture our hearts in a frame that when we come to him, we, we say, I deserve this, that, and the other. And what happens is we're let down as soon as those things don't come to pass. And I think out of all three of these, this one I see most often in all of our lives, in my lives. I don't think there was probably anybody who woke up this morning and got in their car and turned on their car and then stopped and had a little worship service and thank God for internal combustion engines. Is that, did anybody do that today? God, thank you today for internal combustion engines that when I turn my key, this thing, something happens under there. I don't even know what it is. Something's firing, right? Gas is doing its thing. I don't even know how cars work, but somehow under the hood, everything worked properly today despite the fact that it's just colder than anybody wants it to be, you know? And and what happens is over time, I think especially for those of us who live in this particular part of the world, the things that we become um, the things that uh, that, that become, um, the, the blessings that we experience, we start to see as normal versus as seeing them as, each one as a gift from heaven for the grace for today to lead us back into a place of worship and thanksgiving. Now, and I don't mean that we need to feel bad every time we don't just go out, you know, just like, you know, crazy thanksgiving for every small thing. But what I'm saying, though, is, is, is we, have to, we have to ask God to restore us back to this place of wonder that every day we wake up, not saying, God, I deserve any of this, but God, I am the recipient of a great gift. I deserve none of this, but I thank you, God, that you have put these things into my life. And I am not entitled to any of it, but God, you love me so much that you would uh, give these things to me. And for some of us, that's not just possessions. That's the people in our lives, Because I think if we were to start to make a list of all the places that we're thankful, even for this last year and even for today, most of those things would be connected to the work or the contribution of a person sitting next to you maybe. Or somebody in your family or somebody else that comes to mind, a friend or a family member. And, And what should happen, though, is that we should start to be able to see life through the lens of none of it. None of this, none of any of this that we expect, the heat in the building, the fact that we have a roof over our heads and your seat is dry this morning, none of it should be coming from a place of I deserve this or I expect this, but it should lead us back into the place of God. How ridiculous, how lavish is the love of God today on this earth that I would even be invited into this place, God, to even breathe another breath. Thank you, Jesus. For every breath that you've given. And God wants to restore. God wants to restore that place of wonder inside of us. And this type of thing, it's, it's not something that changes with a sermon. Can I just acknowledge that? I like, I like to, I, I'm really honored that I get to talk about these things sometimes. But... This, like many other things, is not something that changes with a sermon. It's a work of God in our heart that every day, gratitude is not just a, a, you know something that we respond to when life is going well, but it's a choice that we get to make every day. And it's coming for, and starting with the mindset that I serve an abundant God and I am living in blessing and favor and I lack no good thing today. And so today I can wake up and Thanksgiving can be on my lips today for another day. And I'll do the same thing on Tuesday, and the same thing on Wednesday, and the same thing on Thursday. It's a lifestyle that we get invited into. And and I believe this thing with entitlement, it manifests itself in different ways. Some of us are waiting for things to pan out in our lives. Some of you are even holding on to what we call prophetic words, right? We talk about these promises of God in Scripture. We talk about prophetic words or maybe things that were whispered to our heart by Him a long time ago. And what happens is, over time, when we don't see those things pan out just like we thought, we begin to hold God to the test by how things, by what we feel like we deserve based on what we feel like He said, okay? And can I just point out, just for a moment here today, that it is possible for even the promises and the prophetic words in our life to become idols in our life over, over the, the sufficiency of Jesus Christ and the, the, the lordship of Jesus Christ in our life and if, in, in a way that when things don't actually turn out like we thought, like we thought He said to us and spoke to us, when it's not actually coming, we actually can approach Him with a posture of, I deserve this because you said that. And I'm telling you, that is not the way forward and it's not God's promise when he promises things to us, when he gives us a word from his heart to us to encourage us, to build us up, to give us hope for a future, it's not to draw us to that word and that, that word becomes a trophy in his life. It's to draw us back into relationship with him because he is the hope, not just the promise. He is the promise. He is the hope for a better day. He is the future. He is the one that we're leaning into. And if anything that we hear, even in, in, in a church service, if any attitude or any, any construct in our life um, comes into us where we feel like uh, that now God owes us something. I'm telling you, we're not on the path to, to, to a glorious future. We're on a path to idolatry. And Jesus wants to change that because he is saying, regardless of how things are shaping up in your life, I am enough for you today. His grace is sufficient for us today. Is that enough for you today in this place? Is that enough to make our hearts come alive and our hearts awaken before him? That when we think of his name, is the very mention of his name, is there a enough wonder in the riches of his name that that we can say, God, I could have you never do anything ever again for me and I would still have reasons to be thankful. This is important for us to get. This is important for us to get because we don't have to wait for anything, guys. This is what I'm trying to say. We don't have to wait for anything. Now, I'm saying, you know, for those of you who are in a place of pain right now and in grief, I'm not saying that, God is trying to get you out of that. In fact, I would say stay in there. But the promise when you're in a place of grief is that you don't have to be in a place of grief alone, that he is with you. He is with you in your pain. He is with you in places where things are misaligned or feel broken, and that is the promise. That is the ability to be able to see your life through the lens of, I can't always, I can't always feel God's goodness. I can't always describe it, but I can, I'm, I'm gonna learn to be aware that God is good. Every breath I breathe and every day on the mountaintop and the valley, the goodness of God has never left me in any place. We have not been left alone. That's good, yeah? And so I'm going to invite the team back up. And this morning, I, I wanted to throw that out there because I felt like God wanted us just to cheer up this morning, all right? And he's just saying, hey, hey, kiddo, cheer up. It's okay, all right? Lighten up there. It's all going to be okay. And for some of you... That's just, that's just what you need, and, and, and we're going to come back into this time, and I'm going to invite the, the worship team to lead us, and Travis, and Shannon, and my dad, and the whole thing. And we're going to spend the rest of our time this morning choosing Thanksgiving, all right? In the scripture, it says, We enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Why is that? Why are the two methods of coming into worship, thanksgiving and praise, because those are the attitudes and the mindsets that get us to a place where we realize that God is more abundant than I ever thought he was. That God, there's more richness in the hand of God and in the heart of God than I ever thought was possible. And we start from that place and we launch off from the riches and the abundance of God in every season of the soul. And then he loves to lead us beyond that place into new places, yeah? Yeah. And so let's stand together. And as we worship, I want to I invite you. And Some of you just need to grab a pen and grab a paper and just begin to write down places of thanksgiving places of praise and this morning I'm trusting that God and his glory is going to open up this new place to us and he's going to cut off these things that keep us from entering into that place to get keep us from entering into a place where we uh, we can be present with him fully alive in him in this moment not obsessing over the past not in anxiety about the future but fully alive that God you are good in every season so let's pray together God, I thank you today, I thank you today that we don't have to wait for another reason to lift up your praise in this place. I thank you that as your people, Lord God, you have given our spirits, you have deposited in us countless ways, Lord Jesus, that we can come to you and that we can be mindful of you. I thank you for this year, Lord God, in every high and every low. We thank you, God, that we can look back And despite how we might interpret certain events, Lord Jesus, I thank you that we can look back and trace everything back to your faithfulness. We can trace every moment back to your goodness, Lord God. I pray that even this morning, it would be a a turning point and a changing point for us across the room, Lord God, that you would cut off chains that keep us from overflowing just like you've overflowed into us, Lord God. We thank you that this place is full of of the generosity of the Godhead, the Father, Son, and Spirit fully loving each other, overflowing in thankfulness and gratitude towards each other. And we are recipients of that same love. And this morning, Lord Jesus, we pray for an eruption of thanksgiving to mark today, to mark our worship, to mark our prayers, Lord God, that as we come to you, Lord Jesus, we don't have to pray from a place of lack, but we get to pray from a place of thanksgiving. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are. We thank you that you never change. We thank you that your love is good yesterday, today, and forevermore, Lord God. Would you convince us in our hearts, Lord God? Would you convince us in our hearts? Would you convince us in our thinking, Lord Jesus, and help us to choose today, choose today, to bring an offering of thanksgiving to your throne, Jesus. We love you, and it's in your name we pray.